Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Hey, well, in light of our absence, I have the honor of introducing our guest speaker to you today. And many of you have seen his face and you know who he is because he makes everything happen around here behind the scenes, but you've probably never had the opportunity to hear him speak. And uh, I've had the privilege for years of, of watching David uh, speak at a Napa campus and a youth ministry, and he is a phenomenal communicator. But today I know you're gonna get a chance to hear his heart as he talks about getting rooted in the house of God. So I want you to do me a huge favor. Will you stand to your feet and will you welcome David Escobedo as he comes to bring the word today. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Come on, come on, sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm, I'm not that important, all right? <laughs> Let's be real here. Well, hey, like Pastor Tim said, my name's David. I'm part of the leadership team here. And if you've ever gotten an email from us, uh, that was probably from me. And so uh, if you love those emails, you're welcome. And if you hate those emails, I'm sorry, all right? But hey, before we jump in, there's a few things I want to do. There's a few groups of people that I want to honor. And the first and foremost of those is our lead pastors, man. They are absolutely incredible. And I've had the honor and the privilege of serving with them for the past eight years. And I remember when this church was still just a dream in their heart. And so it's been so cool to be on the journey with them and watching this church grow and watching what God's doing. And man, they lead us with such grace and authority and wisdom and love. And hey, uh, if you're new today, I'm so excited for you to come back next week and meet our lead pastors, but I know they're not here today, but church, can we honor our pastors this morning? Come on. Yeah, we love them. They are incredible. Well, hey, the second person I want to honor, uh, she's actually sitting on the front row, and that is my wife, Alicia, man. She is so incredible. Yeah, you can give it up for her. You can give it up for her. You can clap for her. Man, uh, she is everything I'm not. She's outgoing and fun and smart and energetic and loves talking to people and being in front of people. Uh, and I, I would not be able to be here today preaching to you guys and uh, talking about what we're going to talk about if it was not for her love and encouragement to me this week. And so I love you, babe. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, the last group of people that I want to honor, we already did this during the service, but I have the microphone. And so I think I get to set the rules today. Uh, and that's our single moms. Uh, hey, my mom was a single mom for a number of years, and so if I could for just a moment stand in proxy for your son or your daughter and just say thank you. Thank you for all your prayers. Thank you for all your encouragement. Thank you for your discipline and love. Thank you for all your blood, sweat, and tears that went unseen. Thank you guys for coming home from what was probably a long work day and still putting food on the table. Come on. Thank you so much for your strength and resilience in this season of your life. And come on, church, we honor you today. We love you guys. You guys are incredible. And hey, uh, to my mom, who is inevitably going to watch this online, happy Mother's Day. I love you, and I'm going to call you after the service. All right. <clears throat> Can't get emotional on the first week here. Well, hey, uh, we've been in a series called Rooted, and a couple weeks ago, Pastor Tim started the series by talking about us, the dirt. He talked about the parable of the sower and the different conditions of our heart, and then last week, he talked about being rooted in the word and standing in the promises of God and declaring the word over your life, and it's absolutely incredible. These were great sermons, and so if you weren't here, I just want to encourage you, uh, go to tfh.church and just click the watch and listen tab, and instead of listening to angry commuters in the morning, you can listen to Pastor Tim serenade you in the word. Amen? 
Come on. Well, hey, uh, I am uh, specifically excited about the subject that we're going to talk about today and uh, because it is something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is the church. Come on. Hey, how many guys know that the, uh, the church is not just these four walls, right? The building has no bearing on the church, which thank God, because if it did, our church would have very tall, strange, slender men painted across the walls. But no, the church is the gathering of believers. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, that's you. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, that's me. Come on, we are the church, and when we gather together to lift up the name of God and to hear the preaching of the word and to pray for one another, man, that is the church, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But here's the deal. Typically, and you may have noticed this, I notice this every week, uh, the communicator or the preacher or whoever you want to call them, uh, they get up and, and they talk for a bit, and then they give you the big application point at the end of the sermon, right? It's kind of it's typical for what we do here. But today I want to do something a little different. I want to give you the main application point, my hope and my prayer for you right up front, because here's the deal. I don't want this to feel like a gimmick. I don't want this to feel like a sales pitch. I don't want this to feel like we're strong arming you uh, into doing this. All right. So you up for that today? I'm going to give you the application point right now. All right. Here it is. My hope and my prayer for you this morning is I want you to make a fresh commitment to be rooted in the house. Hey, simply put, if that's kind of complicated for you, simply put, I want you to show up to church more often. Man, I want you to be in the house more often. And not because we want a packed out room. No, but because we truly believe what it says in Psalm 92. That's our key text today. Check this out. It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. And even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. I envy Pastor Tim a little bit because he comes up with these amazing, trendy sermon title names. Do you notice that? And I'm like literally the worst at naming things. So it's, it's, it's a problem, guys. So I'm, uh, if you're in a taking notes this morning, you want the title of the sermon. I had a few friends like, man, you have to title this sermon. It's simple today. It's just rooted in the house, okay? Let's pray and uh, then we're going to jump in. God, I thank you for your church. I thank you for everything that you're doing here today and for who you are and uh, for showing up this Sunday morning. And God, uh, I pray that you would use me to use this sermon uh, and, and to speak to the hearts of your people. Help me to, to with clarity, explain the beauty and uh, the majesty of your house of the church. God, we thank you for everything you're going to do today and everything you're going to do through the word. And Lastly, God, we just thank you that you answer prayer, that when Pastor Tim prayed last week for the Warriors to close the series, come on. God, we are a thankful church this morning that even without the best player in the world, God, you still came through and the Warriors were able to close the series on the Rockets. Come on. Hey, church, we are thankful this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on. Well, hey, uh, have you ever been in an environment that changed your expectation or your perception about something? And maybe it produce something that you didn't quite expect in you. Let me give you an example. Uh, my wife and a lot of our friends are obsessed with uh, this little indie establishment. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Disneyland. You guys heard of Disneyland, right? Well, I didn't have like a bad experience at Disneyland, but I didn't really have a great experience at Disneyland. And so growing up, you know, through the years, I'm just like, ah, it's whatever. It's Disneyland. Ah, not a big deal. Uh, and then I got married and our friend group uh, suddenly started telling us all of these great things about Disneyland. Maybe you've heard some of them. 
Uh, it's the happiest place in the world, right? Uh, man, it's so clean. Apparently there's this thing where they're like trash cans aren't more than 12 feet from each other. I don't know why that's a big deal, but I hear that said all the time. Do you guys know? Uh, you know, maybe you've heard something like the rides are awesome and the food is great. And hey, it doesn't matter that a horde of people just broke your arm trying to get to the Indiana Jones ride. No, you can't be anything but happy in Disneyland. And so finally, uh, it, it didn't take much, much convincing of my wife, but finally uh, I convinced myself, okay, I'm going to give Disneyland a second chance. And so a couple months ago, uh, we went there to celebrate our two-year anniversary. And uh, uh, guys, if I can be honest, man, pray for me because I am the worst, okay? Because I showed up at Disneyland, the happiest place in the world, and I was making fun of some people, all right? I was making fun of some things. I was like poking fun at the bathrooms and like uh, just um, kind of making fun of, of how excited and how hyped people were to be in what I interpreted to be a kid's place, but whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a bit more of a, a cynical personality. And fun fact, if you ever just really want to freak me out, just uh, as a grown adult person, dress up as a fictional character and don't break character. All right, I don't know what it is, but there's something about a grown adult person pretending to be something that they're not that really makes me uncomfortable, guys. I'm, I'm being serious. But then something happened. We were there for two days, and on the second day, we went to California Adventure. And from the moment of walking in, I don't know what it was, but I kind of just like looked around and was like, hey, this place is, this place is kind of cool. And uh, they had like a little San Francisco area, and I was like, I've been there. I know where that is. Man, is that, that's pretty dope. That's pretty awesome. And then we started eating some food, and that was good. And then I found out that there was a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And so your boy is a Marvel nerd, so you know I had to go on that, right? Like, man, so we waited in 40 minutes, or excuse me, we waited for 40 minutes to get on this ride. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, oh, my gosh, 40 minutes. It's, this better be worth it, you know? Uh, and then it became this incredible immersive experience that each time we moved through the line, there was something new and there was something unique. And it was so fun. And I found myself being enthralled uh, in, in what we were doing. And my wife, she, you know, is so loving and so kind. She was worried about me because I get super motion sick. And uh, if you've never been on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, spoilers, it goes up and down like a lot. So, yeah. So uh, we get on the ride and it's awesome and they play music and it's so much fun. Uh, and then I get off the ride and I'm like hunched over, like ready to puke. And my wife looks at me and she's like, hey, are you okay? And I just look back and I say, I do that again. Right? And then we end the night with World of Color. And man, oh, if, if Disneyland is like too expensive for you or whatever, man, World of Color is worth it because it is such a magical experience. They shoot water up into the air and flames and then they project light through the water and there's music and emotion and it's so flipping cool, right? It's awesome. Well, what happened? What happened to my cynicism and, and my attitude the day before? Well, hey, I think this, I think after enough time, my perception and my expectation begin to change because of my environment. And hey, I believe that the church is, is similar to that, that when you come into the house of God, man, maybe there's stuff going on in your heart. Maybe you're a little cynical or a little jaded like me, but then God begins to move and he begins to shape your heart and begins to do something in your life. And hey, hear this, man. I, I don't want you to, to come to church to fill a seat. Man, that's, that's not our heart. That's not what we want. Let me, let me just be real with you today. Uh, a packed out room means nothing if people aren't discovering life in Jesus. If people aren't being discipled and finding community in groups, if we're not baptizing people, man, a packed out room means nothing to us, okay? But here's why I want you to come to church because I think that when you're rooted in the house of God, you begin to produce fruit 
even in old age, according to Psalm 92, and our heart and my heart for you this morning is that you would remain vital and healthy and uh, ready to, uh, to, to preach me on this morning. Amen? Come on, hey. And uh, so today I want to talk to you about some of the fruit that's produced from being rooted in the church. And hey, I can't name every single fruit. I think there's so much to, to being rooted in, and to being planted and there's so much blessing. But there are three areas that I want to highlight uh, and I call them the passion fruit. For no other reason than my points, I'll start with the word passion. There's your uh, cheesy church joke for you this morning. Knock that off your quota. But hey, here's the first one. When you're rooted in the house of God, you produce a passion for God's presence. I love what the psalmist writes in Psalm 84. He says this, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole being, body, and soul. I will shout joyfully to the living God. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. And I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Maybe you've had this experience, I know I have, but uh, you walk into uh, church one morning with kind of a funk. You know, maybe um, it was a really stressful work week, or maybe there's a, a heavy season of depression in your life, or maybe you walk in with some financial anxiety uh, into the church. And uh, maybe uh, this is you, maybe you got into a fight with your wife 15 minutes before service. Come on, is that anybody in the room? No, yeah, no, that's never happened to me either. Yeah, totally. That's, that's never happened to me. But hey, the moment the service begins, I think something begins to happen. I think suddenly anxiety that you felt turns to peace that surpasses understanding. I think that pain that you feel in your heart turns to joy that's found in the goodness of God. And that insecurity that you feel turns to comfort and grace and knowing who God says you are. What is that? That's the presence of God. It changes everything about your life and it begins to change your circumstance. And I think that as you begin to walk into the house and to be rooted in the house, man, something begins to happen. You begin to have a passion for God's presence. And this produces a proximity. And the reason why that's important for you is because when you're going through the thick of it, right, you don't wanna, you don't wanna have to try and find God. You don't wanna have to uh, go in and search and like, God, where are you? No, when you're rooted in the house and you have a passion for his presence, he's closer than a brother. He He's right there. You can simply call upon the name of God and feel his peace and feel his love and feel his joy. And let me encourage you this morning. This is bigger than you, right? We need your passion for God's presence in the house because we don't want to just go through the motions of a Sunday service. No, we want to encounter the reality of the living God. And hey, when we're passionate for his presence, man, it affects everybody in the room. So hey, when you're rooted in the house, it produces a passion for God's presence. And hey, here's the second thing I think we produce when we're rooted in the house. It's a passion for prayer. Two verses I want to look at here. Isaiah 56, 7 is the first one. Check this out. It says, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And then in 1 John 5, 15, it says this, and since we know that he, he being God, hears us when we make our requests. We also know that he will give us what we ask for. Hey, I don't know if you knew this when you walked in, but we are a church that believes in prayer, man. I believe that uh, if you're going through something in your body, that we can lay hands on you and see you healed supernaturally. I believe that if you have a, a financial situation going on, that we can pray for you and see God's supernatural provision, man. I believe that if you're going through a season of depression, that we can pray for you and see that spirit lifted. I believe that if you're lonely this morning, God, 
God will put you into a family as we pray for you. I believe that cancer bows before the name of God. Amen, church? Come on. Hey, we are a church that believes in prayer. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago in James 5.14. It says, uh, you know, if anybody is sick in their body, bring them to church. Have the elders and the leaders uh, pray for them and anoint them with oil and we'll believe for healing. And hey, maybe you're here today, though, and you're like, man, I don't know if I have that kind of faith. I don't know if I can pray that kind of prayer and, and, and believe in the same way for healing. Well, here's what I think happens when, when we're rooted in the church and we're showing up on, on a consistent basis. We begin to hear stories like the one we heard today about God's goodness, about his faithfulness, about what he would do if we lift up our voice and we ask him for something, right? It says in, in, in John 15, we know he hears us and we know that we can make our request and that he'll give us what we ask for. And so as we're rooted in the house, we begin to hear all of these amazing testimonies and all of these stories of God's faithfulness. And I think that that's what creates a passion for prayer. That's what creates this thing that rises up in us that says, no, 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 this situation isn't what God says it is. And so I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe uh, God's word. And I'm going to declare that over my situation, right? When we root ourselves in the church, I believe a passion for prayer is released. And hey, don't take my word for it, man. Uh, I, I wrote these down and, uh, and collected these. And these are just some of the prayers that have been answered, not prayed, answered in just the past couple months. Check this out. Sean and Demi, man, uh, Sean was in the tank this morning. They were able to get pregnant after months of prayer. Haley, who got baptized last weekend. Come on. Yeah. Give it up for them. Haley, who got baptized last weekend, shared about how her back was healed because of the prayer of the church. And our production team lead, Isaac, he's in the back right there. And man, uh, his, his, his faith astonishes me. He's been praying and believing uh, that he would get a job out here in SF. And so he and his wife have been in a season of just praying for God's supernatural provision. And just a couple weeks ago, they were blessed with an awesome check, right? Because they prayed, man, that's the power of prayer. And hey, Let's push it beyond ourselves for a moment, man. There are people in your sphere of influence that are going through a broken situation that needs your faith, that needs your passion, that needs you to pray over them. And apart from you having a passion from prayer, they might never experience breakthrough in that area. Church, I believe that prayer is our most effective weapon in a broken world that needs healing. And I think that this is one of the greatest keys to unlocking Psalm 92 over our lives, that we would flourish in the house of God. So let me encourage you today. You produce a passion for prayer when you're rooted in the house. And hey, the, uh, the last passion fruit that I want to talk to you guys about today is a passion for people. Now, this is uh, probably obvious, right? Because you can't really be like rooted in the gathering of believers without being passionate about people. But I love what Jesus said to his disciples in John 13. He says this, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other for your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Church, it's not our doctrine. Come on. It's not our worship. It's not the way that we talk to each other. No, it's the love that we have for one another that shows the world that we're Jesus's disciples. And John, who was in that very gathering when Jesus spoke these words, he said this in 1 John 4. And I, I love this because I think this was inspired by Jesus's words that very night. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. 
and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And hey, here at TFH, man, we are passionate about people. If you haven't heard our vision statement, just hold on. You will, and you will continue to hear it because we are passionate about this. Our vision statement is this. We exist to see people discover life in Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's a good vision statement. But hey, if I can be real and I can be honest with you this morning, I'm pretty bad at this one. Uh, I'm not very passionate about people sometimes, man. I'm kind of an introvert and, and I, I'm kind of a, a bit more of a cynical personality. And so, and I'm not a very emotional person. And so I, I have trouble connecting with people sometimes. And, and that might be you in the room. In fact, you heard that, uh, you know, being rooted in the church produces a passion for people. And you're like, ooh, I don't know if, uh, if, if this is my church anymore. But hey, if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you, keep showing up. Keep coming to a Sunday service because here's what I believe happens. I believe that as we are uh, enthroned in the presence of God, man, as we begin to, to soak in his presence and as we begin to, to hear the testimonies that, that, that go out and, and, and our faith is stirred and we begin to believe for prayer, man, I think there's something that, that rises on the inside of us that says, I'm not okay with my friends and my sphere of influence not knowing the same love, the same grace, the same mercy that I've experienced, man, I'm not okay. And then what once seemed to be like this difficult conversation is easy and God-led, man. He begins to give you wisdom and grace to have those conversations, to show people the same love that you've experienced, to show people the same grace that you've experienced, to pray for somebody, man. And, and what ends up happening is you begin to have a passion for people. You begin to be able to, to tell people about his love and his grace, and it becomes easier and easier. Church, when we're rooted in the house, we produce a passion for God's presence, a passion for prayer, and a passion for people. But in light of all this, I think there's a question we need to ask, and my mouth is super dry, so I'm going to take a drink real quick. Thank you. In light of God's goodness and, and his promises and how he wants us to flourish in the house, there's, there's a question that we have to answer. There's a question that we're faced with, and it's this. Why don't more people come to church? Right? Come on. Why, why, why don't more people show up consistently? And hey, I believe that there's, there's three areas that prevent people from being rooted in the house, but hear my heart for a moment. I, I, I don't want to judge you. I'm, I'm not here to condemn anybody. And I bring up these areas because I've experienced all three of these areas in my life. And I think if today we truly want to make a decision to be rooted in the house, man, we have to do some self-inventory. We have to check the condition of our heart and analyze what would keep us from making a decision to be rooted. Amen? Come on, so we're going to talk about it. The first one I think is a little obvious, all right? I, th I think uh, this is one that we, we've probably all dealt with, and I, th I think the thing that keeps us from being rooted in the house is this. It's a lack of time. Yeah. My wife and I, we've lived in the city for uh, a little over a year now, and can I just say, man, we love San Francisco. It is such an incredible city, man. Uh, my I'm, I'm a creature of habit, but my wife loves options, and let me tell you, we got options in San Francisco, all right? Hey, we got the beach, we got downtown, we got the pier, we got amazing food options. Come on, can I get an amen this morning for amazing food options in San Francisco? We got concerts and nightlife and sports games around the corner. Man, SF is one of the most happening cities in the world, and it's, it's incredible, and all of these things are awesome, and they're to be enjoyed. But here's what I think happens in a, in a city like San Francisco. I think in, 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 light, of all these, in light of all these options, uh, we start to look at the church and, and see the gathering as an option 
instead of a priority. You know, have you ever said this? I'll just go next week. Come on, I know I've said that. I know I've said that on a Sunday morning before. I'll just go next week. Maybe you said this. Oh, you know, the church will still be there. You know, I'm just going to go to the beach today because the church will still be there when I get back. Or, you know, I, I'm just going to stay in bed today and, and, and watch TV because I'm tired and had a long week. And, you know, the church will still be there when I get back. And, hey, you're right. And when you get back, there's not going to be any judgment. We're still going to love you. We're still going to welcome you. But here's the thing. You are robbing yourself of the blessing of being rooted in the house, man. God has a blessing for you today, and he wants you to be here and, and, and in his presence, and he wants his passion in you to be, uh, to be created. And hey, the Bible urges us in Hebrews 10 not to neglect the gathering. And hey, hear my heart for a moment. I'm not saying you need to be in the church 100% of the time. Like, oh, if you're not here, you're doing it wrong. No, if you're sick, if you wake up uh, one morning and you have the flu, Stay at home, please. Don't come to church, man. I'll share this story with you because it's a fun one. And I didn't take my advice that I just gave you a couple weeks ago. And I woke up one morning and man, I felt horrible. But I was prideful and arrogant. And in my humanity, I said, no, I'm going to soldier on. I'm going I'm to come to church. And so I get here and I'm like sweating from like head to toe and it's all bad. And I'm like, you know, hunched over trying to move things and, and moving at a snail's pace. And I probably had a dozen people come up to me and be like, hey, man, are, are you okay? You, you don't look too good. And finally, it took our uh, security team lead, uh, shout out to Mike Leary, wherever he's at, man. He, walk up, he walked up to me and he said, dude, what are you doing? Go home. You don't need to be here, man. Just, just go home and get some rest. And I looked at him and I was like, man, you know what? You're right. And I went home and I slept for four hours and it was glorious, all right? Let me tell you, and hey, if you're here and, and, and you like to go on vacation and you like to prioritize your family and get away from the normal stressors of your everyday life, man, we believe in taking vacation. Our pastors are in Maui, if you didn't know, all right? We're a church that believes in that. So hey, here's what I'm saying, man. I, I, I'm not saying you have to get legalistic or, or religious about being at church. Here's what I, I'm urging you to do today. Don't make the house of God an option. Make it a priority because I believe uh, that if you root yourself in the house of God, you will flourish according to Psalm 92. The second area is this, and I know I felt this in my life, uh, especially before I really encountered the love of Jesus. It's this, it's a lack of acceptance. And hey, maybe you're here today and, and you're wearing a smile, but on the inside, you don't feel like you belong. On the inside, maybe it's, it's some fear or some shame, or maybe this is you. Maybe you feel like you have to be perfect in order to allow yourself to be real with people on a Sunday morning. Let me just tell you, man, our church is not a church for perfect people, man. That's not what we're about. And I love Romans 3.23 because it says this, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, man. We all in our own works can't make it to heaven. Hey, I've fallen short of his glorious standard. You've fallen short in his glorious standard. You in the sixth row, man, you've fallen short of God's glorious standard. And that's why we need Jesus. And hey, in, in Luke 5, we find Jesus eating and having dinner with people who made mistakes in their life, people with bad reputations, and if we're honest, people that really didn't have any business to be eating dinner with Jesus, people like me and people like you. And also in the room, we find uh, the, these guys who uh, were really self-righteous, and, and, and they believed that from their own works and from their own merit, they could make it to heaven. They were keepers of the law, and they were called Pharisees, and they're at this gathering, and they're openly mocking Jesus to, uh, excuse me, mocking Jesus to his disciples, right? Uh, saying things like, hey, why does your teacher, why does your rabbi eat with these people? Doesn't he know who they are? 
And I love Jesus's response. It says this in verse 31, Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And I have come not to call those who think that they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Church, can I tell you this morning, his grace is for you. His love is for you. His mercy is for you. And you belong here in his presence. If all of those things are yours, man, there's no better place for you to be than rooted in the house of God. And hey, I can't speak for every single church in town, but this is one of our first values that we wrote here at the Father's House. Check this out. It says, we are an inclusive, come as you are culture that operates under this conviction. You belong before you believe what we believe or behave how we behave. This church was started for you. We started this church for people like you and people like me. And so hear my heart. Don't let the the fear of, of shame or guilt or this desire to be perfect hold you back from being rooted in the house. And hey, the last area that I believe holds us back from being rooted in the house is this. It's a lack of trust. And band, you guys can come. And hey, I'm you know, pretty predisposed to this one. If you couldn't tell by now, I'm a, a pretty cynical person by nature. And um, I, I think this one is valid, right? I, I think if you're here today and, and you've had a bad experience with the church and it's, it's created this thing of this lack of trust in your spirit, man, I, I feel that. Uh, I think as much as we want uh, the church to be perfect, it's comprised of imperfect people. And, you know, I, I don't know your story and, and I don't know your experience and I don't know how to speak specifically to, to your experience, but here's the deal. I, I know how to talk about mine. All right, I'm gonna take a drink of water because it might get emotional here. Before I was at the Father's house, I, um, I was at a church up north and uh, I got saved at 17 and man, it was an awesome season in my life. I was loving life, loving Jesus, loving God, loving the church. And anytime the doors were open, I, uh, I was there. It didn't matter if it was a youth meeting, a prayer meeting, a weekend service, man, I wanted to be a part of the church and uh, I was excited to be a part of the church. And uh, a buddy of mine, he went and did an internship at the father's house in Vacaville. And uh, the next year he came back and told me and uh, a couple other young leaders about this internship. And we were pumped and he convinced us. And so uh, that next fall, we all moved to Vacaville to start our internship. And uh, this was an amazing season of my life. Um, uh, my family had all started coming to this church and which had never happened before in my life. Uh, and it was incredible. My brother started serving at the church. And so uh, it, it felt like a, a, a great time, especially in this, this season of wanting direction to go and do this internship. And so I did and, and uh, it was incredible and it was awesome. And God started to reveal things and giftings in me that I didn't even know that I had. And it was, it was so fun. But then we got this, um, this notification that uh, our, our church wanted us to, to come back for a weekend. And, and you know, that, that was kind of weird. That wasn't really typical. Uh, but we were like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll go back for a weekend. And so we head back and I, I remember just driving back in Roseville, kind of feeling something, didn't really know what it was, but I just felt God say something to me like, hey, everything's gonna be okay. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but that was the day that I, I found out that the church had released my brother from, uh, from being at the church and that they were accusing him of stealing money, uh, regardless of the fact that uh, I believe and he, I believe he didn't do it and, and, and he said he didn't do it, but this is what happened. And man, talk about a punch to the gut. Am I right? So after this announcement, we went back to Vacaville and there were a couple of awkward conversations and that was great, but 
the intern year was mostly positive and, and, and mostly awesome and, and things were good. But then as it started to come to a close, I, I realized, man, I, I don't have anywhere to go. I can't go back to this church. I can't go back to where I lived and, and I don't really know what the future has in store for me. So I remember praying one night, God, just close all the doors that aren't of you and open just one and make it obvious that this is the one that you want me to go through. A week from then, uh, Pastor Tim met with me uh, after a prayer meeting and asked me if I wanted to uh, come on staff and be his administrator for the youth ministry. So come on, God answers prayer there. But that's not the end of the story, right? Because I, I, I jumped on staff and, and I thought things were gonna be great, but the next year and a half were some of the darkest days of my life because in the back of my heart, I, I felt this. I, I kept wondering, man, when is the church gonna betray me? When is the church gonna let me down? When, when am I gonna experience the same thing that my brother experienced in the church? And if I can be real with you today, I did not make this decision consciously. Uh, I think more than anything, it was just a habit. It was just what I was doing. But I kept showing up on a Sunday. Anytime the doors were open, man, if there was a prayer meeting, a youth meeting, a Sunday service, I just kept showing up. And what began to happen was God began to change my heart. He began to soften my heart. He began to plant seeds of forgiveness in my life. He began to show me things and reveal things about myself that I didn't know. And he began to heal my heart and surround me with people who loved me and people who would speak counsel into my life. And I am here today able to share this testimony with you because of the goodness of God and because of an accidental decision that I made to be rooted in the house. And let me tell you today, that doesn't have to be an accidental decision for you. You can make a decision today, regardless of what happened, regardless of the bad experience, regardless of, of any uh, trust issues, you can make a decision today to be rooted in the house. And if God did it for me, I believe he can do it for you this morning, man. He can take your brokenness and turn it into something good. He can take your depression and turn it into joy. And he can take that bad experience and turn it into a testimony for what he's doing in your life. Man, he wants to change you. He wants to encounter you. He wants to reach you today. If you'll just be willing to make that step and be rooted in the house. Church, I believe this, man. I believe that when you're rooted in the house, you produce a passion for his presence, a passion for prayer, and a passion for people. And hey, I said this at the beginning. I'll say this again right now, man. My hope and my prayer for you this morning is that you would make a decision, a fresh commitment to be rooted in the house. Amen. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.